Amen. Children and adults alike, if you would please stand for the reading of God's Word. Our passage comes from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and then also Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 23. If you would follow along with me as I read. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And then also Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 23. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Names are important, names matter. And names are kind of fascinating. Children and adults alike, you may not realize it, but it's very likely your name was picked out before you ever existed. And it makes you think, how in the world did your parents decide to name you what they decided to name you? Now, there's a lot of different reasons that I could give. One is they just like the sound of a name. That's an okay way to choose a name. They just like it. It has a nice ring to it. I had a friend in college whose name was William Joseph. And I always thought that was one of the fanciest, most royal sounding names. Not quite like Brent Nelson Baker. And so sometimes you can choose a name just based on the fact that it kind of sounds nice together. But often that's not the case. Often what parents actually do is they choose names for their children based on the past. Okay, there's a family name that's passed down from generation to generation and they want to continue it through you as a way of preserving the legacy of someone that's really important. Okay, um, curious, is there anyone out there who has the suffix or ending junior on the end of their name. Anyone? I see a handful of folks. That means they were named after someone one generation ahead of them. What about, I'm curious, are there any thirds in the sanctuary? I see a couple of thirds. A name that's existed for three generations. Are there any fourths? Any fourths in the sanctuary? I see one in the back. For four generations, your name has been handed down. An important name from the past. Surely there's not any fifths. 
The fourth wins it. I wish I had a Christmas prize to offer you. Maybe if you come see me afterwards, I'll find something. Okay, my children were named this way. My daughter's name is Bryn Eleanor, and she was named after her maternal grandmother. And my son is Davis Scott, and he inherited both names from his grandfather's. And so sometimes parents choose to name their child based on a really important name from the past. But that's not the only way. Sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes parents choose a name for their child based on something they hope for the future. Okay, and when this is the case, it's a name that describes who they, they hope the child will become. It's almost like a character statement. They want the child to become a certain type of person. And so the name carries a lot of meaning. It means something. Uh, just as an example, are there any Johns in the sanctuary? Would you raise your hand? It's a rather common name. Do you know what it means? Someone does. Yes. Whoever said that is exactly right. Did you name your son John? You did. Okay. That would be why. John means to be gracious. And so perhaps, if that's your name, your parents gave you that name because they hoped that you would be a very gracious person, that you would grow up to be someone who often gives things undeserved to others. Or perhaps they just liked how it sounded. That's also possible. What about any Abbeys? Are there any Abbeys or any Abigails in the sanctuary? I see one hand, maybe two hands, far back in the back. Do you know what Abigail means? Abigail, or Abby, means my father's joy. Or, in some derivations, my father is joy. And so perhaps your parents named you that because you were your father's joy in the present. But perhaps it's that they wanted God the Father to be your joy. That as you grew up, you would become someone who finds God to be your greatest joy. It's fascinating, isn't it? I have a friend whose child struggled greatly in her first few days, first few weeks of life. And you know what they did after she was born? They changed the name they planned to give her. They named her Zoe. Do you know why? Zoe means life. And she had fought for her life, and they wanted her to have fullness of life. And so you can see that sometimes we choose names that are based on the past. Something really important from long ago that we want to preserve in the present time. And sometimes we choose names based on the future, what we hope someone will be. Almost like a promise given. And what we see in this passage, children and adults, we get to hear what God the Father is going to name his only son. And something really fascinating happens. It seems like he's being given a double name. Is there anyone in here who has a double name? That is, it almost seems you have two first names for a first name. Raise your hand, I'm curious. Okay, there's, a, there's a, more of those than any of the previous, besides John, of course. Okay? A double name. 
And in this passage, what we see is this. We're not given one but two names for this precious child that's going to be born, the Son of God. One is Jesus, but then just a verse later, there's another, and it's Emmanuel. The first is a name based more on the future. It's a promise given to us. But Emmanuel is a name from the past, from long ago. And so quickly, especially you kiddos, put your eyes on me. I want you to hear what the two names of Jesus really mean. Look again at the passage with me. First, there's a name for the present and future. It's a promise given. And so this angel appears from God and appears to Joseph, who's troubled, and says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name, and what does it say there, children? Jesus, that's right. For he will save his people from their sins. His name is Jesus, meaning God saves. Repeat that after me. Jesus means God saves, that's right. What an important, fascinating, significant name. There's no other name like it. There's no other child that's going to be born to a man and to a woman who can save anyone from their sins except for Jesus. And Mary and Joseph didn't choose this name. It was given to them. It's not because they liked the way it sounded, but it's because of the reality that it held for the present time and for our future. This child is being born to save the people from their sins. His name is Jesus, and he is the one who saves. But then it goes on, and the passage continues and says this. It's a name from the past. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Behold, the virgin, Mary, shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. His name is Emmanuel, and that means God with us. Repeat after me. Emmanuel means God with us. That's right. Jesus means God saves. Emmanuel means God with us. What an important, fascinating, significant name. Children, did you know that almost every single world religion has as its main goal how men and women can make their way to God? But that's not the story of Christmas. That's not the story of Christianity. The story of Christmas, the story of Christianity, isn't about how man makes his way to God. It's about how God makes his way down to man. Isn't that fascinating? A God who is with us. And so when we hear the name Emmanuel, it's a promise from long ago. The prophet Isaiah lived a long, long time before Jesus. And the promise was given that a child would be born and his name would be Emmanuel. Because a long time ago, God dwelt with man. 
And then if you turn to the very end of your Bible in Revelation, everybody know what Revelation is? In chapter 21, at the very end, there's a promise that God will dwell with man again. How would that ever happen? It's going to happen through Jesus, who is Emmanuel, God with us. By saving the people from their sins, He's going to make a way for God to dwell with man again. What a promise! God with us. So children and adults alike, Christmas carries with it a not-so-hidden gift that we often overlook and often underappreciate. It's Jesus. Children, what does that mean? God saves. I heard it from the back somewhere. And it's Emmanuel. What does that mean? There we go. God with us. That's right. God in human flesh and bones. God becoming man in the person of Jesus Christ. And He became who we are so that we might become like Him. What a gift. A beloved child of God making us beloved children of God. That's the hidden gift of Christmas. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, may you be blessed to know Him. He saves and He is with us. Amen.